Hey guys, it is Jesse and Hannah, and this is the LOL Word, a podcast about the L Word, where uh, sometimes we record, and then uh, <laughs> like five minutes into the recording, it just stops. And so... we have to start all over again, and then say same things we've already said, and continue to act interested in each other. It's a skill. <laughs> um, so, personal news is that I'm back in the States. My cats are being incredibly annoying. Hannah's cats are also being annoying. Not right now. No cats here. Oh, nice. Yeah. It's not like last um, time. We're already improving from our last attempt at recording this because my cat isn't talking to <laughs> my ear about that. Uh, I'm possibly yeah. being ghosted by the girl from Utah. Um, Jesse and I are seeing a movie tomorrow. There was a whole funny story about my best friend possibly having hep A, but you've all missed it. He doesn't. So that's fine. <laughs> um, oh, she's under the covers. That's where she is. The cat. She's all the way okay. And now the other yeah. cat is the movie the that Hannah and I are gonna watch is um, the Miseducation of Cameron Post. Yes, so we're it's excited. a gay movie. It'll be awesome. Yes. Uh, we're diversifying our gay media. We've only seen yeah uh, gay Jewish movies so far, so now we're we're moving on. That was a weird gay movie. Christian movie. Exactly. It was a terrible movie. It Ugh. was not good. And then I was in. I was in Israel the whole summer, which you should all know because I mention it every episode. And, um, <laughs> like, it was just ridiculous. I kept on thinking about that stupid line where um, uh, Rachel McAdams' character is, like, carrying this, like, weird cart. Mm-hmm. Um, she's, like, lugging it behind her. And then the other lady who doesn't wear a wig, whose name I can't remember, um, she, uh, like, tries to take the, the wagon and Rachel McAdams' character goes, "You can't do that. You're not orthodox." And I was like, "What the hell?" Am yeah, she's not like, "You have to be prone to have the bag." It was so stupid and so unrealistic. It's like these people have never met a Jew before. And also, why would a guy be named David and not David? It's in the fucking Bible as David. Also, also, why do they spit in each other's mouths during the sex scene? What is that? It was awful. That's not Ugh. a thing. And why is nobody talking about it? Why didn't anyone mention that scene to me? Why weren't we warned? We were like sitting in that fucking theater with all these artsy people going, ah, yes, lesbians, this is what they do. And you and I are sitting there like the only fucking lesbians in our goddamn flannel. Like, what the fuck is happening right now? Mm. I'm going to have to wash some flannel so I got something to wear tomorrow. Ugh, then I will also wear my flannel. Perfection. Looking forward to it. (laughs) um so in the meantime the l word yeah you did give it credit for something last time i I did i made a beautiful speech and i will make it again all right settle in (laughs) and listen to me make a point that you've already heard so um what i was thinking when i was watching this episode there's just one scene where mark jenny and shane's roommate is hanging out with the sex worker who he sent to uh, get some footage of Shane. So the sex worker went, delivered the flowers, and then came on to Shane, and it was the whole thing. And so Mark is trying to try to figure out, like, the mystique of Shane. So he's like, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's something about her that women just, they can't resist her. And I was thinking yeah. about uh, how many shows and books and movies and shit try to create these characters who nobody can resist. And, like, I've done it even. I've written yeah. manuscripts where I tried to have, you know, like, these really 
especially magnetic characters. And it's a very risky thing to do because nobody is attracted. You know, all people are never going to be attracted to the same thing. So there are always going to be people going like, I don't understand, like, what's going on? I don't see this in this person. Um, And, you know, you really run the risk that most people are going to think that. Uh, Benny, got to mention Benny on every podcast, right? So Benny and I are watching the UK version (laughs) of Queer as Folk right now. And it's abysmal. And the character who's supposed to be, like, really, like, sexually magnetic and attractive and everything is so incredibly not attractive. But the whole plot of it is built around the idea that this person is really attractive. And it's just ridiculous. And it's laughable. And then on the other hand here, you have what's going on with Shane. Where I'm sitting here and I'm being told, you know, it's it's, it's a very, um, it's a, it's a very tell not show moment. To, for, for Mark to be going there telling us, oh, women just love her. So that's a risky thing to do right off the bat right there because you're not supposed to do that yeah. because you're supposed to show it. But the thing is that it does show it. And so this is something that is backed up. So I'm sitting there and I'm hearing, I'm like, this is a risky line that I would have cut, but it works because of the performance that the actress who plays Shane is giving here. You, I'm yeah. sitting here going, yes, I understand why all these women are falling over themselves to get with her. It makes sense. And there's not a lot of characters who make me feel that way. So it's Mm -hmm. a testament to the actress, absolutely, to what she manages to do with her fucking eyes. And it's also to the show for recognizing that they can put this kind of faith in her to have this line in there and that they can support it. So that, yes, that is me giving the show credit. There's something there. (laughs) This is some character growth on your part. I know. <laughs> I I didn't hate this episode. I didn't hate it. Um, I skipped through a lot of this episode, surprisingly. Really? I feel like we switched places. Yeah, there was just a lot of scenes that I was like, yeah, I remember this. I don't need to watch this again. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely times when I didn't pay a lot of attention. Um, I had a whole conversation yeah. with Kat about how uncomfortable I was by seeing Tina's naked body. Yep. Oh, God, it's so disgusting. It's so gross. It's not that's disgusting to me. It's just I was so aware. Something about the fact that she's pregnant and that we, we, you know, we clarified last episode that the actress is pregnant. So something about the fact that I was seeing her actual naked pregnant body, it felt like so much more naked to me than, like, a normal naked person. Like, it was just, like, really naked. I was like, it's just the idea that the actress is, like, so she's at work, you know, she's taking her clothes off and shit. And then she's going to go home to her husband and be like, yeah, my back hurts because I'm fucking pregnant. And that this is like her same body in both of those situations. This is a weird thing with me and actors is I'm constantly weirded out by the fact that actors like walk around looking like characters in real life. Like, I feel like they should get like a mask or something when they're being a character. Like that they should. I know this is, I know this is bizarre, but it like, it's super weird to me when I like actually get into like thinking about it. Like when I think about like, how a character looks when they cry, for example. Yeah. And I'm like, that's mm-hmm. how the actor looks when they cry in their real life, when they're actually sad. And it's like almost that something's been sort of taken away from the actor. Like they've they've lost this kind of mm-hmm. authenticity about themselves because they gave it to the character. Like they no longer have the ability to cry and just be themselves anymore. They're always going to cry and be themselves and this person who's been seen crying by hundreds of millions of people. Or, you know, however the fuck many. I realize this uh, is bizarre, but this is how my brain is. I worry about yeah. actors. I, I'm very concerned for that's actors. 
That's a really weird way to look at it. Yes, well, I'm a weird person. So the fact that we've <laughs> seen her pregnant body, I just feel like this is something that's so, I don't mean this in a sexual way, something that's so intimate to her. Like, yeah. pregnancy is such, like, a personal, important experience. And mm-hmm. now we've all seen that of the actress. And I just feel like, I feel guilty that she shared that with us. Really? Yeah. Well, I because I'm weird. I just feel like that should have... Okay. Like, obviously the actress was fine with it, so whatever. But I just feel like... I feel like that should have been for her. That I body. Mean, like, I just I wanted guess. to wear a fake pregnant, like, prosthetic over her regular pregnancy for me to look at. Like, I just... Uh, Jesse's rolling their eyes at me right now. Listen, this is how <laughs> I feel. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just thought it was gross because I don't like pregnant people. <laughs> And then seeing a pregnant person being sexually active is, like, double wrong. My sister so. was uh, was visiting a few weeks ago. Um, and she was uh, up in her room and she was changing. And I walked by and she was like, hey, I'm naked. And I was like, I'm allowed to see you naked. And she was like, true. And then I was like, wait, let me see your tits. Because she told me that her tits looked weird now that she was pregnant. Oh, so then no. <laughs> I saw her tits. Well, I was curious. So. Oh, my God. She told me the grossest pregnancy story yesterday. It's the worst thing I've ever heard in my lifetime. I will not repeat it. But it's fucking gross i'll tell you tomorrow because listeners don't need to hear this they're not ready but it's no (laughs) it's gross as shit and being pregnant is terrifying so just oh yeah oh god she's making me very scared of being pregnant someday it sounds really bad (laughs) yeah it's gross anyway so there was Um, gross pregnancy did they have sex did they just like hang out in the pool i don't know no they had sex in the pool oh gross so that was her and Helena. Yeah. Um. Meanwhile, Bet Bet's hair looked real good this episode. She uh yes, goes to a thing with Kit. Yeah, to see Benjamin Bradshaw after Kit and Benjamin have like this really weird sex scene. God, they just don't work well together. It was I don't know weird. why they thought that like these two actors could have chemistry because they yeah, don't. Yeah, it's not there. It's not there. And I, I don't yeah. mind Benjamin as a character. I think he's pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it's not working. You know, I didn't really get the chemistry with Kit and Ivan either. I'm wondering if I'm just not really getting chemistry between Kit and other characters in that yeah, way. Yeah, I mean, she does end up with one person that I think, like, she does have chemistry with. Okay. But we have to wait until after the baby is born to meet that person. Yeah. Like, so. I liked the... I liked her with Ivan. Like, I, I thought their scenes were cute. But I yeah. didn't feel that they were connecting with each other, if that makes sense. Yeah. I liked yeah. it more theoretically than an actual, you know... Yes. Actions. Um... So, um, major plot stuff was with Alice and Dana, mostly. So, Tanya is now finished. There was that Tanya having an affair thing that was so forced. It It was was, so funny. (laughs) It was funny, but it was also clearly just, like, uh, our back's against the wall and we don't know what to do at this point and we want to get rid of Tanya, so, um... And they were like, we don't want to have Tanya put up a fight. And then the mm-hmm. the scene at the end, after, you know, like, the deed has been done, they're broken up, and Tanya ran off with her new girlfriend, um, Dana and Alice are driving back to, 
LA with Shane in the back, and then Shane is just fucking laughing to herself. That part I was amazing. It. That was like the was best so closing scene we've had ever by far. That was fantastic. <laughs> I loved that. They both look terrified, and she's just cracking mm-hmm. up. I think the decision to make Tanya also cheating was so cowardly on the part of the show. Because I think uh, it was, yeah. it was, we've had Dana cheating on her fiance this entire season. But we don't want her to be the bad guy. So, surprise, she's not. And it's just like, just just fucking own it. Like, sometimes people do shitty things. Like, yeah, we already didn't like Tanya, so we didn't really need her to also. And it's just, it doesn't fit her personality at all that she would have been having an affair. She was so devoted to Dana's life and career and her family and shit. And now it turns out she was going to dump Dana to be with this. No. Yeah. No. Mm-mm. It just doesn't make any sense. No. It was just, it was just cowardly and dumb. I so, completely agree. Not a fan of I that. I want to, like, say other things about it, but, like, I feel like you said everything that, like, needed to be said about it. Mm, I'm sorry. I'll talk less. Oh, no, mm. no, no. You should talk more, because <laughs> usually when I talk, I just go around in circles. <laughs> so and it's I. like, where are you going? Story pie. Um, Who else? What else? Uh, Jenny meets with her um, yes. writing teacher in the fucking gym, which is Yeah, whack. that was so weird. And yeah, and the teacher's having an affair with the student, which is really obvious, um, but is also really weird. Uh, I think the the people were just like, "Who has the most Jewish hair? Put them together." <laughs> <laughs> um, what else? Um, yeah, Jenny gave us more of her carnival shtick, and she's having feelings about Carmen and, and Shane because Carmen and Shane are still clearly flirting with one another. That and scene they with show the that. beer was so cute. It was cute. so cute. Oh, fuck <laughs> me up. They're great together. Yep. And then Jenny comes and she's like, excuse me. And she's, it's like, shut the fuck up, Jenny. She's going to fucking church. She's got like that cardigan yep. and that skirt on. And I'm just like, what are you doing? She's clearly trying for some sort of Audrey Hepburn thing with the hair. And it's just, it's not working yep. for me. Yep. Nope. It does not go well. And uh, yeah, yeah. So then, like, Mark is in the other room, like, filming or whatever, and like asking these girls all these like really lewd and insensitive questions that I remember the first several times I watched this, not being so horrible. And now every time I watch it, I'm like, this is absolutely disgusting, and I can't believe anyone let him continue speaking. It's pretty gross. It's like asking them, would you make out with a man for a million dollars? And like, who fucking wouldn't? Yeah, and one of the characters says that, and it's like, all right, thank you, someone. Um, I just, I can't imagine there's anyone I wouldn't make out with for a million dollars. I need a million dollars real bad. Same. Um, And then Carmen I think the one person I would not make out with for a million dollars would have to be Trump. I would do it for a million dollars. Really? I need a million dollars. It's it's making out with someone, it's ten seconds of my life, and then I get a million dollars. I'd do it. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I don't like it, but I would. And then Carmen's like, I would make out with a Republican for a million dollars. And like, obviously, same, Carmen. And But then she goes on (laughs) to say it's because they can be sexy. And I'm like, I think it's because of the million dollars. So that was like a weird sort of situation. 
Uh, I'm sorry. I'm still thinking about fucking Jenny trying to look like Audrey Hepburn and thinking only goddamn Jenny would cut her hair to look more like a lesbian and then think, I'm going to be Audrey Hepburn. And like, no, you're trying to be a fucking lesbian. Does it get straighter than Audrey Hepburn? God damn it. It's like, it's like you don't get a queer haircut and then turn yourself into some fucking straight icon that defeats the purpose. God, she's the worst. I think it's that the costume designers, like, didn't know what the fuck else to do with her. And they were like, well, I guess she looks like this person. I know. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, God. The idea of her with Carmen is so annoying. They just don't make any sense together whatsoever. They don't make any sense. Literally at all. Every time, like, they try and be anything together, it's like, this is so annoying and boring. I can't imagine they thought anybody would be shipping them versus Carmen and Shane. I, I don't know if they even were thinking about that. I think they were thinking we need to not give not give someone a relationship with Shane because that's like not her MO. Yeah. But I just wonder like what they they anticipated the audience reaction to this was going to be. No I idea. guess since we just had Shane kind of in that out of character relationship with Sherry, so that was already her big deviation from the norm. I think it would feel kind of strange for her to jump into another relationship now. But yeah. that being said, I would be totally fine with the two of them like trying to negotiate this casual thing and working on their feelings and Carmen wanting more and Shane pulling back and stuff. I find that really interesting without needing to throw in some third party, especially when that third party is Jenny. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I feel like... I feel like love triangles are one of these things that people add when they don't have enough faith in in the two characters or just enough faith in their audience maybe. It's like it's like throwing something else into the pot because you're like the soup doesn't have enough flavor, but it's like just let your soup like be itself. Some sometimes <laughs> soup is okay, right? It doesn't always need the third ingredient. So like it's just it, it's kind of like the opposite of that moment with Mark talking about Shane, it's a lack of confidence. It's the same yeah. as um, having Tanya actually be cheating because you yeah. don't trust the audience to stay with Dana on her journey as if cheating is like even sort of the most annoying thing about Dana. So mm-hmm. it's, it's, I just, I really want the show to trust us more. I think is my issue. It takes a long time. Because even the, even the line with Mark, which again, I didn't have a problem with, it's kind of them not trusting that we've noticed that girls are falling all over Shane right like it's okay that they told us mm-hmm. that because of the performance of the actress but we didn't need to be told that we can see it you I mean they told to us, us it literally before we even met Shane mm-hmm. you know season one they were like every time Shane enters a room a girl leaves crying because she's like a heartbreaker yeah so we knew this already we don't need to be told again yeah You're right we can like, see it we trust you we believe you it's there so it's yeah I just want, and I, I, it's not even really just this show. This is something I feel about, like, all forms of media, basically. And it's something that I get uh, in trouble with in reviews for my books because people go, this didn't make sense. I didn't understand what was going on. This wasn't explained. And I'm like, it was definitely underexplained because I definitely, if I have to pick between overexplaining and underexplaining, I'm going to go with underexplaining every time because I hate yeah. the feeling of, of having my hand held when I'm reading and I would much prefer that people are just kind of fucking confused and that not everybody gets it don't understand why anyone would think that you like 
underexplained super thoroughly. I think you explain like literally the perfect amount. I mean, I do too, but um, <laughs> yeah, I definitely have some things that are just kind of there. Like there's this moment in Glitter and Blood when um, one of the characters who's not a fairy says, oh my God. And my fairy goes, what? And it just moves on from that. And that's never explained. And what it is, is if you stop and you think about that moment, it's that the fairies don't have a god. They don't have that belief system because they're immortal. So they never had to come up with a religious system. So it's this tiny little moment. And there's no attention drawn to it. So it's very easy just to read over that and not understand why she's saying that what. So I'm going to guess the majority of people reading that didn't pick up on what that was. But it's okay. You don't have to. It's just like a little Easter egg, you know, like it doesn't matter. So I think people get so caught up in their heads, uh, creators saying, I need to make sure the readers understand every little thing. And readers go, Mm -hmm. I need to understand every single little thing. But like, you don't really. One of my favorite books has a line that I don't even get at all. And I read it like a million times going, what the fuck? But you know what? It doesn't matter. It's one line. Yeah. So it's like, it's okay to not get absolutely everything. And I wish that readers and viewers or whatever understood that and i wish that creators saw that but you know maybe i'm wrong and you do have to understand everything and that's why everything's (laughs) holding our fucking hands all the time so that's just how i feel but this show is holding my hand too much it needs to back off it needs to let me it is decide things on my own i don't know i guess let's talk a little bit more about jenny because i the because, you know, like, she wrote a little bit, and there was that scene with Carmen again. And yes. uh, Shane as, like, the temptress tamer, and uh, Carmen was the temptress. And I thought it was really cute because Shane is really sexy in that scene. Yeah, she is. <laughs> <laughs> I like um, how you said, let's yeah. talk more about Jenny, and it goes immediately into Shane was really sexy in that scene. We are predictable <laughs> as shit. But also, like, Jenny's so, like, lackluster this whole season, and I think you can really see it. In the fact that they're trying to, like, push her writing. Like, she's a writer. She can write. And it's like, well, obviously she can't because we're fucking watching this and it's miserable. Um, And also, like, Jenny, like, I don't know. Her character has become so much more boring this season, I think. Like... There's, there really is is definitely, like, a a lack of energy coming from her. And I get that it's a character trait. But at the same time, it feels really, uh, I don't know what the word is I'm looking for. It's just, it's very stagnant. Something about her mm-hmm. is very, I really just want to like get in her face and be like, if I was her director, I'd be like, pick up the pace, girl. You got to give me something. I need some energy here. Yep. And uh, I'm not seeing it. And I don't know yeah. why that choice has been made to have her just be this kind of wilting flower all the time i think maybe they think that it'll like give you a hint that she's having a mental breakdown that happens later but like i don't think we needed this to see that i think it would have been better without this like wilting flowerness to her yeah i mean i'm excited for the mental breakdown just because it'll have her show some signs of life but yeah (laughs) there's a lot of it really doesn't and i'm not saying this is what's happening but it's how it feels to me is that the actress doesn't want to be there yeah and I don't think that that's the case from what I've read about her experiences on the show. I think she was yeah. very happy to be there, but I'm not feeling it. No. Nope, she feels nope. like she's sleepwalking to me. Yeah. It really does. Um, I'm out. 
of You're things. out of things to say? Of things to say. I am done. I think I'm at the same place, because I was looking back to see, like, okay, like, do we hit all of the plot points that happened in the episode? So, we did, so now we can move on to Hot or Not. Great. Hot. Uh, you gonna say Shane, aren't you? I'm not! I won't! <laughs> okay, I'm gonna do Helena. Really? Really. Wow. Okay, why? Because she seduced the shit out of Tina when Tina was feeling really unattractive and went from that to having her have sex with her in a pool in like five minutes. That's some talent. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Wow. Also, I really didn't want to say Shane, so. (laughs) Yeah, I'm thinking about maybe making Helena my my not, but let me move on to hot first. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I guess for hot, let's go with I'm gonna actually give it to Dana for her breakup, the way that she handled it. Mm-hmm. Because Alice it. is trying to like, yeah, Alice is trying to get in her grill all the time, and be like, "This is exactly how you have to say. It. You have to do it now. You have to do it now." And um, I mean, she even like Alice even shows a note that she had written for Dana to break up with Tanya to Shane, and Shane's like, "This is fucking heartless and horrible," and like. Dana gives her, like, the nicest breakup mm-hmm. that, that was like, Tanya didn't speech. even fucking deserve. No. Yeah. Even if she wasn't cheating on her, she didn't deserve that. But it was really nice. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, Tanya, just as a person, I don't think deserved no. it. And it's such a good scene, just in general, too. Like, I always remember that scene. I think about it a lot. Um, just because sometimes I'll think about, like, Dana, and I'll be like, oh, ha, 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 she cheated on... Tanya just because I'm thinking about it and then I'm like oh yeah and Tanya cheated on Dana too isn't that crazy there's that um that one line Dana says where she said she was mistaking gratitude for love and I thought that was such a great line so good yeah that was really and I'm sure you know like cheating on Tanya with Dana made her sort of realize the differences between her attraction to um her, her attraction sort of like affair with Alice versus her relationship yeah. with Tanya mm-hmm. and how like they're completely different things and like I think maybe some of the things that she said she did actually realize and feel so it wasn't just like niceness yeah I, I like. agree with you mm-hmm. so um, who's your not who is my not um Jenny for that outfit Ugh, yeah, there's no bouncing terrible. back from that yeah. I have so many knots for this episode. Can I just, like, list out all the people I want to yes, give a knot to? Yes, do it, to? do it, do it. Okay, so I want to give it to Charlotte Birch for hooking up with the student. And <laughs> just, like, she's, the actress is so bad in the weird circus scene. She just, like, it's so bad. They, like, practically had to, like, um, auto-tune her to make her sound a little bit more interested in being in the scene. <laughs> And then, like, Carmen's really desperate this episode, and I don't like that. Mm-hmm. And um, Mark is a conniving bitch. Yeah. And Jenny is just so whispery and wilty this episode. Mm-hmm. Bet is so needy and annoying. Um, Helena is attracted to pregnant people. <sighs> That's mostly <laughs> why I wanted to give her the night. Um yeah, and I think that's it. Also, like, props to ta- uh, to Tina. She's, like, actually starting to stand up for herself more. Um, and you saw it a lot this episode, and I like that. Mm-hmm. So, 
Yeah, that was good. The conversation. Oh, we we, we got to hit this. The conversation between um, Dana and not Dana. Wow, not at all. Bet and Tina <laughs> about the Which um, about the uh, like the parentage of the baby was yeah really oh yeah we actually should talk about this yeah this is a kind of stuff that comes up in queer as folk a lot because they do a lot of stuff with untraditional families and parents and lesbians and shit yeah it's um it's not always done that well but it's always interesting in my opinion there's a whole divorce custody battle thing that happens in queer as folk with this um and the biological father gets involved and it's a whole thing um it's messy but um it was really interesting. The idea that um, that Bet doesn't have legal rights to this baby, and even that she didn't know what her legal rights are. She said at some point she's like, "I assume legally I don't have this." Like she's not even aware. And um, mm-hmm. and Tina really just shutting her out like that and saying, "I need to think about it," was rough. Yeah. I, I believed it. It was a very believable scene. I think the way that both of them were acting seemed really realistic to me. But it was hard to watch. I was firmly on Bet's side in that in that scene the fact that she was willing at that point to put aside the hurt and the fact that tina had fucking lied to her about getting pregnant and shit which she's really has not been allowed to have time to be upset about no one really granted her that um she's and then just saying i want to be part of this baby's life is just Mm -hmm. uh, good for you bet because she's so right you know like they did technically conceive of that baby together and find the donor together Mm -hmm. and decided to move forward with this together and then tina shut her out of the decision you know it's like in a a straight scenario i guess you it would be the same thing as like um one person deciding to stop taking the pill and getting Mm -hmm. pregnant without the other person being aware that that was what was happening Mm -hmm. so i i don't know i think it's I really don't like that Tina is like, let's not have this conversation because that's a conversation that they should be having and that the writer shouldn't be afraid of writing. And Absolutely. they should be like, yeah, Tina's upset, but like, let's have her sit down and actually have this conversation because this is something that is actually interesting to watch and something that mm-hmm. is a part of the lesbian community and should be something that they should be trying to foster mm-hmm. a conversation about. Absolutely. Uh, but instead, let's have another circus scene. <sighs> Um, it kind of reminds me of in Friends when uh, Carol got pregnant and then they they really were terrible to Ross and I'm not a Ross fan by any means but that was Ross's kid and they were really just not acknowledging the fact at all that it was Ross's kid and they acted like he was you know I'm like they were married when she got pregnant this is his fucking kid and like they're not giving him any say or anything um, and they're putting the fucking new girlfriend's last name on the kid instead of his. And I'm just like, this is ridiculous. But um, it just reminded me of that and how TV in general doesn't really know how to handle in traditional families. We're no, still kind of working true. on it. Yeah. And, you yeah. know, it's this is not a entirely non-old show. You know, this stuff has changed a lot in the past 10, 15 years. So. Mm-hmm. Yep. But anyway, yeah. that was a good scene. It was one of the most interesting scenes we've had so far, I think. Yes. No, I completely agree. And I just, I wish that it had continued. Also, we didn't talk about the scene where Alice is helping Tina set up her apartment, and then Helena walks in and mm-hmm. is, like, so stiff. Like, what did you think of that? That was a weird scene. Um, because, like, why was Helena at Alice's apartment? I was confused. 
Oh, no, it's not Alice's. Oh, Tina's it's, apartment. Um, it's Tina's apartment. Tina's apartment, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, and then Tina was like, I can't believe she saw me like that. And I was like, what, looking flabby and dumb like you always do? Like, I didn't really yeah. understand what was going on there. She seemed so, like, annoyed that they were listening to Joan Jett. Oh, yeah, she wasn't into it. Yeah, it's like, what the fuck? Do you just hate Maryland? Because Joan Jett's from Maryland. I didn't know that. But I'm just also like, is it your fucking business what she's doing in her apartment when you're not around? It was like, it's very much Helena, I think, already kind of... um, It reminded me of when they got the joint present last week. It's like, all of a sudden, this is a relationship, and we have feelings about it. And I'm like, this just happened, Helena. Let's calm down a little. But I already gave her my hot, so there's no going back. Yeah, that's right. Okay, now that we retroactively talked about yes, more shit after the hot we or did not, great. Uh, <laughs> let's talk week? about what is happening next week. Yeah, so we have the next episode is called Luminous. Um, uh, Shane tries to dull her pain by a day at a spa with Veronica. I don't know what dull her pain she's trying to dull, but okay. Who's Veronica? Um, Veronica is her new boss. Oh, right. Yeah, so I guess uh, Wikipedia says it's in the hopes that she can forget about Carmen and Jenny's blossoming relationship. Later, Mark ends up saving Shane's life when she gets into a local brawl. Ooh, okay. Tina comes between... Yeah. Tina comes... Why is it a local brawl? (laughs) Oh, Wikipedia will never cease to just, like, drive me crazy on these episode descriptions. Um... Tina comes between Helena and her ex-lover, Winnie Mann, uh, over the custody of their two children, but also sees a glimmer of hope when in her life, a glimmer of hope in her life, when she meets the CAC's new sponsor, and word gets around uh, of her single status. Jenny continues writing her novel for Charlotte's writing class and comes into issues with her classmate, Hunter, who's the one that the teacher's having an affair with. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Dana and Alice call everyone to the planet to announce their romantic relationship where Kit throws a party for them. Can you believe they have everyone come to the fucking planet so that they can announce their relationship? That's the most lesbian thing I've ever heard in my lifetime. It's so extra. It's so extra. God, lesbians are trash. I'm a lesbian, I can say it. Very, very annoying. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I'm I'm just waiting until we get to the breakdown. Breakdown. I'm excited. Also, Luminous was, um, I think it was written or directed by Eileen Chaikin. So we've got that to look forward to. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Okay. Will it have some random She also directed Lathiam, so... Oh, Wait, what? God. I said, we'll have some random transphobia thrown in there just for good measure. I don't yeah, think she I'm... can, she cannot, so. No, probably not. She hates trans people so much. She really also, does. I'm pretty sure she has, I don't think she's ever met a Jew in her life, so. Uh... <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Yeah. That's fine. Um, okay, I need to take a nap before I pass out during the podcast, so. That is fine. Um. We we can be paid to speak words on here. Oh, yes. Oh, if, you yes. Go, if you go to uh, pocketpodcastnetwork.com slash donate, you click on our show, you can pay us to say some cool-ass words. Any words so, you want. So, you know, yeah, any words. If bad words, whatever. Mm-hmm. Good um, words, any words. Yeah. But have your favorite uh, gay people say some words on your behalf. Fuck um, yes. And also you can, oh, you should follow us on Twitter 
at LOL word PPN. Uh, Hannah's on Twitter as at Hannah Mosk. I'm on Twitter as at Jesse underscore Quinn. We have a Facebook page, LOL word podcast, and we have a Facebook group, LOL word podcast fans. Um, you should go like and join that and follow all of our accounts on Twitter. So yes. that has been it, I think, right? Yes. Listen to Welcome to Degrassi. If you like Degrassi, listen to Avocado Toast if you like news. Yes. Yeah, uh, Nicole and I have not recorded in a while, but we're going to, and so if you listen to this next episode, you will get just a lot of news with everything, and a lot of Israel. Just a lot of Israel, so get ready for that. Awesome. Yeah. All right, thank you guys for listening. Adopt a cat. Adopt a cat. Pocket Podcast Network. Quality programming right to your pocket.